Hello, welcome back everybody to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's your host, Pastor Josiah. Looking forward to another great episode where we dive into uh, a verse or two or sometimes even three of Scripture and see where we can um, apply it to our Christian life. We always look at context. Context is king um, in Bible study. Uh, which just means not lifting the verse out of its original setting. You know what comes after, what comes before it. What's the and what's the book itself about? You know any of those things are helpful. They're not going to take away from. I think there's a big fear that if I look too deeply into my favorite verse, maybe it will let me down. Maybe it's not as cool as I thought. And actually, it's always the other way. It's always deeper, better, stronger than you thought it was, and it will lead you into uh, more of the goodies that are in the Bible. And then we'll be looking to see how. How does this first point towards Jesus? Sometimes it's so easy. Today's verse is going to be easy because he's actually named in the verse. Other times, like in some New Testament scriptures and other things, we've had a lot of fun uh, tracing out how this verse, you know, and of course there's many ways. I'm sure there's ways I don't I don't know, can't see um, where it points to Christ, but we look at the ones we can see. All right, so today we're in our central um, verse in Christianity. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. A pretty well-known verse. I'm, I would be surprised if you'd never heard it before unless you're very new to the faith and to the Bible. And if so, man, I'm so glad you're here listening to this podcast. But uh, it's a very well-known verse and a very well-known and central chapter to Christianity. So I would say to people who are wondering about Christian theology, Romans 8 is one of the best places you can start. But, and hear me out on this, it's one of the worst places you can start too, because there's great depths here. And if you don't understand what came before, so Romans chapters one through six or one through seven, and then out through the rest of the book, you can really get yourself into some misunderstandings. Okay, so it's basically forms the center of the letter of Romans and also of our um, New Testament Christian faith. But you have to handle with caution. It's deep but we need to know about context. So, all right, enough setting the table. Let's eat the meal. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, reading from the ESV is, There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, now this is a perfect verse to me, a perfect verse of the day. That to someone who doesn't have anything to do with Christianity, doesn't know who Christ is, and doesn't understand the idea, this would be the perfect verse where, maybe you guys have had this experience, I know I have, you have this uh, verse or a saying or something that's like, (laughs) it's like central to your life. It means literally, and I mean for Christians, it means literally everything to you. Like your life either falls apart or stays together based on the truth and power of this verse. But where you share it with somebody who doesn't speak the language and doesn't understand what you're saying, they can do little nothing else except shrug like, okay, sounds important to you. I have no idea what you said. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, because from beginning to end, it's Christian concepts that we have to learn. We have to pick up. We have to know what these mean. Otherwise, we can't just assume other people. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? Who is Christ Jesus? Is that his first and last name? You know, who's the Christ? What does that mean? What does Jesus mean? How could I be in somebody? Was I condemned before? What does that word even mean? I mean, I hear that word only used about like apartments and houses that are so broken down you can't live in them anymore, which um, honestly is a great 
picture for what a life under condemnation is. But uh, what is that? How could I be under condemnation? There used to be condemnation for me, but there isn't anymore. Who was it from? Why is it gone? Okay. So you get the idea. So it's a beautiful verse, but um, for those who are into um, Christianity, we can begin to see that this is such a wellspring of life for us. All right, now, look, we have to get into this somehow. There's so much to it, so let's keep moving. Um, There is a therefore in this verse, and context always tells us to find out what the therefore is there for. And what's heavy about this one is it is banking on honestly the last just to be to be conservative you would need to understand chapters six and seven you know i could say every verse um it was banking on every verse but that's a little extreme but not i mean not really but to understand this better we need to at least get a grasp of what was being said right before this and so let's just go back just being conservative let's just go back to romans seven And we'll go down towards the bottom here. And this is what came right before it. So we'll do our best with this, okay? Paul is finishing a long discussion on basically the way that sin is has power over us in our lives. It causes us to work towards our own good and our own pride to the exclusion of other human beings and and to make ourselves enemies of God, fighting in pride against him to do what we want and suppressing his truth so that we can live in unrighteousness. And the effect that this has had not only on um, us as individuals, but whole cultures as a whole. And then how the law came in from God. We're talking Ten Commandments and everything after that from Moses in the Old Testament. It was given to the people of Israel as a diagnosis. Say, this is what's wrong with you guys. This is how you act, and you shouldn't. And here's how God should be number one to you, no other gods before him, and so on down the line. And this is why you guys have fallen apart. But the law came only with the diagnosis and the punishment for breaking it. And so it exposes you for who you are and can definitely lead your mind towards God and towards your own sinfulness. But where do you go from there? I am extra- I am editing or whatever. Uh, how, how can I say we are we are passing over huge landmarks and theology here as quickly as we can so just know that there's so much more to look into here but all right verse 21 7 and 21 says so i find it to be a law that when i want to do right evil lies close at hand for i delight in the law of god in my inner being but i see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members wretched man that I am. Okay. Paul gave us a quick description of what it's like to know what's right in your mind, in your heart to be convicted, to say, man, I just know it's got to be better than this. And it's rare to meet a human being who doesn't look at our culture and at themselves and at their family and go, it just doesn't seem right. And yet we can't quit. We find that we have this power working within ourselves. We keep breaking these laws, keep working against ourselves and end up hurting ourselves and our neighbors. To that state of being, Paul says in verse 24, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Now here's a key part. Verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so he's the one that will rescue us. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. 
there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why not, Paul? We go to verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So here's your sin and the results that it will bring to you, death. God has interrupted that process through Jesus Christ. Um, Verse 3 says it this way. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That's what the law was doing. Jesus did it in his own body, his own life. He condemned sin in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is just no way to boil all this down, so you're just going to have to, um, I would recommend, heavily recommend studying the whole letter of Romans, but in order to start your program, I would go Romans 1 to 8. Just set that for a, as a study for yourself. Just go through it slowly, asking questions, listening to other people, reading books where you can from faithful people, Romans 1 through 8. But the pinnacle here can be explained as it is in Romans 8 and 1, which is we used to be in such a state, which is rebellion against God from the heart and mind, even when the law came in and showed us that we were wrong. We could look at it, but still go, yeah, I see that, but I'm still working against it. And the law brought only that diagnosis and death. But Jesus Christ took that diagnosis and that penalty upon himself in our place. So that if we put our faith, our trust, our whole life trust in him and come to him and throw ourselves upon his mercy, then we are rescued out from underneath that con- that justice, that just and righteous condemnation of God on a culture of people who would rebel against him like that. And so for each individual Christian as well, for all of us, we can bank on this verse, Romans 8 and 1, that says there's no condemnation for us, not because of who we are because we've suddenly become good people, but because we of who we're associated with because we are in Christ Jesus. And there's other great places you can look in Paul for these kind of zero in. So when you get lost in the big picture, you can look to places like Galatians 2 and 20 where Paul will zero in and go again and echo these verses and go, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so you kind of have the whole thing illustrated there for you so you don't go too far astray or get confused by um, how big it is and all the implications of it. And also that you don't get dragged away from it by people who want to sell you something different or add to the gospel or take away from it. We can kind of hold to our statements like Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, so we're climbing mountains here, but God gives us a rope to hold on to, and I love that. All right. Um, Man, for our Christian life, um, condemnation, believing that God is against you, that um, uh, losing sight of the fact that he has become your father who loves you and is raising you basically. So you're going to make mistakes and by mistakes, sometimes I think is a bad word because it makes it sound like we only ever do things not on purpose, but I think you and I know better. So it's not just mistakes. It's like when you're raising your kids and you love them. And if you're a good parent, then you see, yeah, they did it. And they even did it on purpose. You know, they did it on purpose because they think that it's the best thing for them to do right now. And we don't let them get away with it. So point out that's not right. And then you lovingly train them back towards the right way because there's no condemnation for them. In other words, 
when my kids do the wrong thing, I'm not looking to get rid of them as kids. I'm not like, you're done. You're not my son. You're not my daughter anymore. You got to go because you did the right, the wrong thing. That's not love. On the other side, neither is saying they never do anything wrong and saying it's okay no matter what they do, but that's not what we're, that's not what's being covered in this verse. So in your individual Christian life, just know that when God sees you, you run astray from him or you're not doing what you should. It's, he doesn't say, oh, that's fine because I love you and it's okay. It's, I love you. That isn't fine. Let's work together and get you out of this. But, but no, I'm not done with you. I'm not like trying to get rid of you or anything. Uh, there's no condemnation for you who are the, who are in Christ Jesus. Okay. And then there's, man, there is so much more that comes from this, so much power in this, but you just have to go on in Romans eight and, and keep looking at what all is included. Cause it gets into how the Holy spirit lives in us and leads us and guides us. All right. But for time's sake, I just got to let it go. All right. Um, how do we see Jesus in these verses? These verses point directly at Jesus. I think you can see that it might be one of the most um, direct point toward Jesus verses in the Bible. Uh, there is not, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in who Christ Jesus. It's his, it's his grace, his life, um, his righteousness that he gives to us um, is the reason why we have new life in God and why the spirit can live in us and so on and why the law no no longer stands against us. Okay. All right, guys, beautiful stuff. I think you can hear in my delivery here. This is one of my favorite parts of the Bible, probably my favorite. And there's so much more I'd like to say, but it just goes beyond my, my expertise. I don't want to be giving you a bunch of stuff. It's just my opinion. Cause that's not what we're doing here. And then also just beyond the scope of this podcast, but I hope I've given you some ways to go so you can look deeper into this. Let's say Romans 1 to 8, huge study that you should definitely do in your Christian life. Do it slowly. Do it again. Uh, do it often. Also, if you're like, man, I don't know, can I start even slower? Then try Romans 6, 7, and 8. Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. Look up the words in a dictionary. Like, get into it. Highlight some stuff. Underline some stuff. Ask some questions, okay? All right, guys. Love being with you, and we got to go. We'll see you next time.